Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. back on the things we say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And we're going to be diving into some fun stuff today, stuff that we don't always get a chance to talk about. But this is one of those times where when we're just spitballing and throwing some things out there that we're just going to let you listen in. Yes. We've done some of these off the air. (laughs) So none of this stuff is like locked down and, oh, we have thoughts about it. No. We're just talking it out. Do we ever have actual thoughts about the things? Some things. I mean, we did talk about baptism. That's right. That's right. A few other things that we're passionate about. I keep every time we listen to our intro, I sit here and think to myself, at what point do our voices age out of keeping that as our intro? (laughs) Like even listening to myself then, I feel like my voice sounds a little higher, a little more youthful than it does right now. And it could just be because what I hear, obviously what we hear in our heads is always different Ah. than what our voice actually sounds like. And so I don't know if that's my mind playing a trick on me because I'm just hearing myself like out in the flesh uh, or if it's me being like, man, I'm, my voice sounds older than that. That is, that is one thing that our buddy Nelson said about being on our podcast. He's like, I didn't realize that you guys sit there and listen to your own intro every time <laughs> you like dance and wiggle it's in your chairs while it comes in. It's yeah. part of the process. I enjoy it. So it, we listen to it every time. Too. It gets me hyped up and ready to go. feels like we're really doing this. All right, so I was watching one of the first episodes of Ted Lasso, and he, he did this thing where he's like, name name the first concert you've been to and the best concert you've been to. And I'm like, that's a really good mm. uh, intro. And so I'm going to just straight up steal it and tell you where I'm stealing it from. But <laughs> All right. my first concert was FFH. Oh, did they just stand they, there? They did a they, – they had – they were a local band in at the Lancaster. Time? Okay. Yeah. And local Christian band. And at the time, they were kind of an acapella group who had just written a song for radio that had instruments with it and yeah. stuff. And it was kind of a goofy song. But they did a concert in like a park. And that was one of the first ones that I went hmm. to when I was a kid. But um, yeah, that was my first concert. What was your first one? Well, okay. So here's the thing. Do I have to count like all the random gospel groups that were in my church growing up that no, came in? No, I would say they, they would have had to have something on the radio. Okay. And so, FFH wasn't that big, but they did have, have so, okay. some stuff on so, Christian radio. probably the first thing that I ever went to that was an actual concert was we went to the Billy Graham Crusade that was in uh, Old Municipal Stadium. And it was like a three-day thing. And on that okay. particular night, the featured artist was DC Talk. Oh, that was the concert. Yeah. That and so, first, first so that was the concert. first real concert. And, you know, watching Michael Tate, you know, hop the, hop the little uh, rope line that they had up for the audience and go charging through the crowd and seeing Toby climb into the rigging and do all kinds of craziness. Uh, it was quite an experience for a little, you know, like, 
seven or eight year old me to to go and and see them. It was kind of a larger than life thing. And I'd already liked them before that. You know, my dad being a youth pastor, you know, they were the, the up and coming, the hot thing at the time. And that was on the Free at Last album. Yeah. So that was pre Jesus Freak. You know, they hadn't really, you know, hit up into the stratosphere yet. Um, but that was my first actual show where I went, man, I, I wouldn't mind doing this kind of like it kind of, it kind of hit me that way a little bit. Yeah. Come to think of it, I think the FFH thing was connected to the walk for life. Oh yeah. That makes and sense. Then, um, probably the first one I bought tickets to would have been the OC Supertones <laughs> when they were there with Pillar. And, Those guys are, were so and fun. Sonic Flood. Oh, the Jeff Dio, the actual Sonic Flood. Ah, uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you anymore. What year was it? I don't know. This, uh, see, the early 2000s all kind of run together, so I'm not exactly Sonic Flood's sure. first album came out in 99. Okay. And Jeff Dio was only with them for like two I, years before he I left. I think this would have been after, right after Jeff Dio. Okay. So yeah, that was when they had the other guy come in that didn't last very long. And then right. Rick, Rick, what's his name, that was the bass player. Moved over and became the lead singer. I was more excited about the Supertones, but I feel like Pillar kind of stole that show. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I have a lot of fondness for Sonic Flood purely because they were the first band that really turned me towards like worship music being a thing. Right. Not just, a, oh, it's in church, but there's something to it. Like There was an energy to it. There was, there was something there. Right. Um, um, was Delirious... I hadn't discovered Delirious yet. Oh, okay. They existed. Yeah. But I got to Delirious through Sonic Flood because okay. they covered a couple Delirious songs. And then I finally went back and was like, oh, well, where did these come from? And then once I found Delirious, it was yeah. all over. You That's know? over. But yeah, I've, I have I saw the OC Supertones before. I never. I don't think I've ever seen Pillar live. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever did. I saw P.O.D. live. Oh, yeah. That, at a live I back didn't in the get day. to do that. They were intense. That would have been great. Yeah, they were intense. Yeah. But... Uh, what was the best concert you've been to? Well, though? do you want to answer that first? Because you started the... Oh, um, so mine mine probably was Warped Tour. Okay. And that's because it was watching Amberlin before they kind of broke up and went right. on a hiatus for a while. And uh, Amberlin was there. Um, Devil Wears Prada might have been the best show of the day. Yeah. And I didn't expect it. I didn't show up for them, like, hoping to see them. I was half the way back through the crowd it was so intense and yeah. so much fun hmm. uh i was at the front of the crowd for bowling for soup which was great <laughs> it, they were everything everything person that i hoped that they would be <laughs> they're gigantic bass player oh my goodness uh, every, he's like three bass it. players and this was late enough that people were tongue-in-cheek kind of making fun of them and they they have a great sense of humor yeah. as a band yeah and they were all about it and it was great <laughs> did nothing but just lift people off of me that were crowd surfing to oh the yeah front the whole time so i've never gotten was, to crowd surf before yeah war, war tour was probably one of my favorites um <sighs> who, who, yellow card was there too mm. i think that was pretty good but, man i i struggle with picking a best show that i've ever been to because i I kind of have a really wide genre spread. Yeah. So, like, I've seen Chris Stapleton live. Yeah. I've seen Justin Timberlake live. I've seen Bruno Mars live. I've seen Coldplay live. Ooh, yeah. Um, I've seen... We were at the I same saw, Coldplay show. Yeah, I saw Adele. Oh. So, this is, this is probably my favorite one to tell. 
It wasn't probably my favorite show, but this is my favorite one to talk this about. This is just the intro, so you can, yeah. you can pick Adele. Yeah, so, so I'll pick Adele. And the reason being, at the time when I saw her, she had one hit. She had Chasing Pavements. Yeah. That was it. Her first album. And I went to see her, and the opening band was better. The opening band was a band called The Script that ended up having huge hits. They were one of those that like had albums worth like multiple hits on yeah. on one album. And it was funny because she even commented at the show. She's like, it's amazing that they're opening for me. They're huge and over in the UK. You know, I would I, it would not be this way if we were in the UK, but because I have this song and we're in America, I get to be the headliner. <laughs> and so they were better. I mean, they were phenomenal. They blew my mind. Um, didn't even know who they were. Discovered them that night and immediately was like, I have to buy that album. I think I bought their album at the show. Because that's, that's cool. when you did it back then. You didn't have all the streaming services yet and all that. Right. So I saw her. She had one hit. It was at the Cleveland House of Blues. So it was a club setting. Yeah. Um, and she came out in the frumpiest, wrinkled up, moo style dress you've ever seen. And even commented on how wrinkly it was and was very cheery and, and bubbly and not how you see Adele at all now. You know, she's yeah. very brooding, very... And honestly, fame has not been good to Adele. <laughs> and I don't mean that in the sense of like, oh, she looks horrible or anything, but like... It has killed something in her to become uh, as famous yeah. as she has become. Some of the because joy. Because she, she was just joyful and delightful, and it was like being in somebody's living room and just hanging out with them. She was just cutesy and fun, and you're like, you're adorable, and we like yeah. this. And she was phenomenal. I mean, just phenomenal voice. But I got to see her when she was almost nobody, and I probably couldn't afford a ticket to one of her shows now yeah. if, if she was on tour. So that's one of my favorite, like, I feel like I've got a one-up on you if you ever give me a story about hearing an artist because that she's about awesome. she's about as big as they come right now. Um, I think the only other thing would be if I would have seen, you know, somebody like Lady Gaga when she was nobody or whatever. You know, there's there's not a whole lot of those. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard for me to pick a favorite though. I mean, I do like club settings. Club settings are my favorite. I've been to stadium tours. They're awesome. They have their own thing, but being in a club where you're just smashed in with a bunch of other humanity and it's hot and it's sweaty and it's gross, there's there's something about it. When I was in college, there was, uh, for a short period of time, there was a band, local band called Staple. Yeah. And they're like a hardcore band. Oh, yeah. Band, I remember Staple. And they were playing a local birthday party <laughs> in a venue with super low ceilings. And the stage was like six inches off the floor. Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. Like, you couldn't see the band hardly because of the people. Yeah. And so they start playing, and the lead singer comes out. And he just puts his head between his knees and starts shaking his head back and forth. I'm like, what is happening? And he comes up and he's like, whoa. You know? And his face is bright red because he forced all the blood to his head. And he bugs his eyes out like this. You just see the whites of his eyes and he just does this like growl. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Yeah, man. But I, it, was, it was a great time. I don't know. There's, there's really no... The only band I've ever seen that I wouldn't see again was I had to see Casting Crowns once. <laughs> like I, I was forced careful. to see Casting. No, I'm, I'm not gonna careful. be careful. It was awful. They're coming to the Wayne County Fair. Yeah, and it, it was awful because I already didn't care for them, and I had to go. I went because Leland was opening for them. Yeah. God bless them and everything that they do. I do. I they're they're not God, my bag. God bless them and they their, are they their are Baptist yeah. storytelling songs. Yeah. Finger wagging songs. <laughs> I didn't Baptist finger wagging songs <laughs> is what it is, but I I appreciate them for what they are, 
they're just billed as something they're not. They're not a worship band. They've never been a worship band. I just don't care. (laughs) I'm not wrong. (sighs) You can disagree with me, but I am not wrong. But it was like the 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 show that I went to with them. Leland was great. They opened for them. Leland was nobody then. It was awesome. Uh, They were really great. When they got up there, they start singing. They would do like a song or two, and then they would talk for like ten minutes. Oh yeah. And then they would do another song, and then they would talk for 15 minutes. And then they had an intermission where, like, we're going to go off and we're going to, you know, have these, you know, equipping classes and we're going to do these different oh, no. things. And, and so we had to wait for, like, a half hour while these things are happening. You paid tickets for yeah. a concert? Yeah, and then they come back out and, you know, then they had to do a thing for, you know, what's the, what's the, the children's uh, ministry that they that all that they all – like compassion guys, yeah compassion international they did a whole spiel for compassion it was like a sunday morning that we just had recently where we have membership we have uh you know a baby dedication where we have like we have so many things that you can't even like almost get on with the service it just gets too good yeah. that's what it felt like it was so frustrating and the songs they did were good like they're great live like if you like casting crowns you will not be disappointed with seeing them live right. they are phenomenal they're very very talented they're very very good but man oh man it was it was so frustrating seeing them live. That is the only show that I would ever say I will not ever I do not ever want to see them again. That seeing them live killed my desire to see them live. I can't say that of any other band I've ever right. seen. Um, so again, God bless them. Whatever. If you love them, great. I bless you and your likes. <laughs> <laughs> There's our trip down memory lane. Yes. to get us started. Yes. Hopefully, I won't get in trouble for that. <laughs> I cautioned you. I know. <laughs> Threw up that yellow flag. I know, but I couldn't. I, can, can, uh, I just can't. I can't help myself. I'm it's so, fine. It's our podcast. That's We're right. We're going to say what we want. These are um, the things we say. <laughs> these are just things we say. <laughs> I would not be critical of them to their face and tell them what they're doing wrong. Right. They have clearly been successful and good for them. We love them. We do. We, As people. That's right. <laughs> Let's move We've on. We've qualified that enough. Let's move All right, on. So um, <laughs> today I wanted to talk a little bit about... Just some things that we've been exploring separately lately and and things that have been, uh, I don't know, it's kind of been in the back of my head, just talking about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, cryptids, all kinds of weird things like that, Yeti. And uh, I was like, we should just throw this out on the podcast and see how it goes. Um, I I was listening to a podcast called Blurry Creatures, which is... They they start off with the whole Bigfoot thing, and they ask all their guests, like, what do you think about Bigfoot? <laughs> and the more I got listening to it, the, the more I realized, I think um, we don't do everyone favors by discounting mm-hmm. their experiences right off the bat and right. saying, everybody that's seen a Bigfoot is crazy. Everyone yeah. that's seen a UFO is crazy. Right. Anybody that's had what you might call a paranormal encounter. Oh, they're they're just dreaming all of this up. Yeah. And <laughs> the what got me was when they did an episode where they were talking about the common things that are true in almost all Bigfoot sightings. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. Uh, one of the things, some of these things were unexpected. I'm not going to be able to recount yeah. all of them. But uh, some of the things were unexpected. And it does show up just with random people that haven't talked to each other that would have no way of connecting the dots prior or anything. Yeah. But one is how they smell. Right. 
like they smell putrid and right. it's and everybody says it's like uh it's like feces yeah. and decaying stuff it just they smell yeah. awful and oftentimes people will smell them before they before see them. they see yeah them. and um I, I don't know how many that i've listened to not just on their show but other shows where they'll say like the Bigfoot itself didn't seem like it was able to clean itself. It, yeah. The hair was kind of matted, and it smelled it smelled awful. And it, as most of them, they're nonchalant about what they're doing. They don't really. They're not aggressive. They're not, you know, trying to get at you or get away from you. Right. Um, and then some other ones are quite sinister or whatever. Right. And what's interesting is that you hear in a lot of these. Uh, tales that people will tell it's in places that you don't have a camera you don't have a video right. you don't have a way of like quickly getting them on film um and why that is i don't totally know and i haven't totally got into on all of the stories connecting all the dots but the other strange one that people pointed out is there there's something about them that is human yeah. That is like their face is a humanoid face. Right. And um, I was always like, why haven't we shot one of these things and drug it out? Yeah. And there was several stories of hunters that have seen these things, had them in scopes and been like, I want to pull the trigger because nobody will believe it. But the thing turns and looks at them and they can't pull the trigger because right. There's as a something hunter, there. you're trained to shoot animals but you you have to identify your target right before you fire that's like baked into us right like just because i see a flash of brown in the woods and i'm hunting deer doesn't mean i pull the trigger right i need to see that it's a buck or a doe i need to right. identify this target is it a turkey is it a bear is it a deer what is it and how far away is it what's in between it what's beyond the target and so they're they're assessing this they're looking at it through the scope and oftentimes watching it move and it turns and looks their direction, and they see something that's too human to fire upon. Right, and and, and this is actually something that you've, if you if you go back far enough and hear about people um, back when hunting uh, apes and gorillas was legal. Um, obviously, there's still poachers now that do it, but most of them, if they did not kill the animal in a a defense mode, like the thing was being aggressive and like coming at them or whatever, they struggled with it because of the level of intelligence even that they could recognize on their faces right. beforehand. And obviously then there were no scopes. It wasn't as, as easy as it is now. I mean, they existed. They just weren't as powerful as they are now. But that is a common thing even for people who back in the day would hunt those just as, as game sport. Like a lot of them didn't have a real great taste for it. Yeah, and it's interesting because I never really thought about what do I think about Sasquatches or what do yeah. I think about Bigfoot or something like that. And I I would have said, you know, prior to podcasts or listen, like exploring a few things on the internet and letting it tickle in your brain for a little while, I probably would have said, yeah, people are just seeing something they can't identify. Well, and too often culturally all we have is is the ones we know are hoaxes. Like right. that first one from the 60s of that guy galumping through the woods dressed as Bigfoot. And you can tell it's a person's gait. Like it's clearly a person in like a monkey suit or something. Have you ever seen that video? Uh, so 
that one from the the 70s what's it called there's yeah. a name for yeah, it yeah it has a name and everything and it's like it keeps looking towards the camera no as it, it's it does one look back towards the camera and it's a female yeah like it's a apparently it's, yeah yeah that one that one is actually kind of interesting in how it moves yeah. And the size of it, because it's not actually walking like a person. Well, and I, maybe we're not talking about the same one. Though. Yeah, I, I I'd know have to we look. are because it, it looks back over the shoulder and it's like the famous yeah. one that everyone's yeah. seen. Yes. Yeah. That that one was discussed on the podcast. in yeah. depth, And it was it was kind of. And I don't I, I don't know what to think of that one. I've just seen too many. Yeah. It. But uh, that's the other thing that I didn't expect about most of the most of the um, Bigfoot things is that they. They have uh, they have ways of walking that are different. They move very quickly, but they can walk in a straight line. Like how humans walk, we our feet don't go in a straight line. There's right. there's a gate to right. it. Right, right. But they can walk like in a straight line like rather foot quick. Over, foot over foot. Kind and their of. foot is like hinged in the middle. There's yeah. they had a guy on that had thousands of casts. Like he will go yeah. out and make casts of the yeah. track, and he's like a foot a foot, like a not a foot this, doctor, this one, but right? a guy. Yeah, that what one? is that one. Uh, yeah, the the way it moves through the woods. There you go. Yeah, and I don't remember but the name of the anyway the name of the video. But yeah, that one. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there it is. Again, it's the same. It's the same one that everybody's seen. Right, the one everybody's thinking of as we're talking about yeah. it. It's that one. Anyway, and. People, people have been like, well, why can't we get these things on film and stuff? But one of the uh, guys that they had on talking about Bigfoots was saying people will call them in distress. Like, these things are around our property. They're messing with our animals. Yeah. How do you keep them away? He's like, half the time when people reach out to me about Bigfoot, they're reaching out because they're bothering something. And right, and they want to be left keep alone. Them away. He's yeah. like, I tell them, put up game cameras. And these things stop. Like hmm. they, he's like, there's something they don't like technology. They don't like to be around it. And yeah. he's like, they seem to have a way of sensing it. Now I'm saying all this and I don't know that I believe any of it, Yeah, but I do think that there's a lot of people that have seen something and that the stories are similar enough that right. it, it becomes a little weird. Like is everybody just trying to tell the same story to freak everybody out? Right. Is well, and the thing, the other thing that but gets there's me, not a lot of money to be made from exactly. some of these people. They're very reputable people that by speaking out will be thought of as crazy, crazy and yeah. lunatic. And there's well, only a few people that are going to buy the what you're selling. The thing that selling. gets me too is there is a long history of these creatures. Oh yeah, in almost every culture in the world. Well, native peoples had. I forget, what is it, like 200 yeah. different words Well, for that's them. where Sasquatch came from. It's an Anglic anglicized version of, of a Native American. The whole skunk ape thing was another yep. one. Uh, obviously, the Yeti, yep. uh, that, that whole thing. But you have these, these kinds of creatures in multiple cultures, and there's a lot of commonality between them, and even cultures that had never discussed them with each other. Right. But then in recent years, now the world has gotten smaller. We have the internet. So now we know all these things and, and can talk about all these things. The, the states with the most Bigfoot sightings, uh, according to a website that tracks these things. Because that exists. Uh, Washington, clearly. Yes. They've, in the last, I, I would say this is probably within the last 20 years, they've had over 600. California, 400 some. Florida, 300. And Ohio, 
is fourth on that list by numbers really? at 302. If you do it by population, like per 100,000 people, Ohio is number two. Interesting. For uh, Bigfoot sightings. Very interesting. Yeah. Which is... I've just... I There was none in Wayne County on this site that broke it down by county of the 300-some that they have here. Yeah. Uh, they... I, I didn't see any in our county. But. Well, and there's not a lot of places that I think would be suited for... But down in Mohican, like Holmes County, yeah. there's been like a couple sightings down yeah. down that way. Uh, it almost seems like it almost has to be a semi-mountainous region for it to... Um, just remote. Yeah. Or, or swampy or unexplored, like yeah. generally left unattended type thing. Interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't. That is interesting that Ohio is so high on that. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, I wouldn't have either. Well, and that even gets tricky because you don't have a lot of bear in Ohio. No, either. we don't have any bear. In fact, it makes the news if there's a bear right. out here. And that was one of the weird things to get used to when I moved to Ohio. Was oh, the bear made the news. There's a bear somewhere between here and Columbus, <laughs> and I'm like, why is that news in Pennsylvania? <laughs> it's like there. There's bear. Yes, you're in the mountains. There's bear. Right. Well, and that's one of the biggest thing that that Bigfoot gets dismissed as is oh, it, must, it was probably just a bear. You just saw a bear, and you didn't. Your brain didn't register it correctly. But I, there's there's so much more than just the video evidence. I mean, it, there's a there's a series of um, audio recordings that are oh, yeah. out there. They're called the Sierra Sounds. I think yep. is what it's called. Yep. And. I don't know. I had, I had heard of them before, but I never looked them up. And I just actually looked them up today to listen to it. It is bizarre to yep. listen to. And you got you to gotta push through it a little bit because there's guys that are trying to mimic the sounds to try to keep the things going. Um, they never saw whatever creature was making these noises. And it is, it is nothing like I yep. have ever heard. And it does not sound like a person. Even hearing them try to mimic the things, they're not coming close to the tones that you're hearing. And listening to some of those things, and then some people will assign... Like there's supernatural qualities to yeah. these things, shapeshifters, yeah. And, yeah, and it dovetails into a few other things. But a lot of people that have seen them say, no, no, it's just a creature, right? It's it. They have ways of moving and interacting, right? Like knocking on trees and the yelping, the yeah. that kind of yodel type bark that they do, right? That's fairly common, right? As well, in, right? In uh, the different stories that you hear, but. It made me think a little bit because when I was younger working with the native people in Canada, mm. uh, there was one night just in in our cabin, I was talking with a couple of the native kids and they started, started talking about Sasquatch. Yeah. But the way they were talking about it, it was more of like a, a demon devil type yeah. character. And yeah. it was like... A, it was still a thing you couldn't catch on film. Like there was something that had been bothering around at yeah. the community and they were describing it and they're like, somebody claimed they had a picture of it, but the picture would never develop. And like that part of it was always blacked out. And right. it was like, they were like, it was super, like supernatural spooky is yeah. how they were kind of talking about it. And I'm like, these kids are just trying to freak everybody out right. with campfire stories. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, you know, but I, I probably shouldn't have been as dismissive, <laughs> dismissive of it as in my head. Yeah. I don't know that I dismissed it to them because they were kids and I was right. a camp So what, what do you think Um, at this stage? 
I, and, and obviously never having experienced any of it firsthand, I, I do think that we are too dismissive of people that have paranormal or cryptid experiences or unexplained, unexplainable yeah. experiences. Yeah. And I think, I think as I think people could be more compassionate to people like that and ask them about their experiences and what it was that troubled them. And, and afterwards, what stuck with you about yeah. the situation and work through some of that with someone um, that has seen it. And I would be interested in hearing anybody's story that, that has a similar story, but it part of it in my mind goes back to something else. And that is that as Christians, we've removed a lot of supernatural stuff yeah. from our day-to-day experience. And even in how we talk about our faith or Christianity, some of the stuff that's unexplainable or, or seems or difficult. too supernatural, yeah. we just cut it out and we put it off to the side in the same way that we do UFOs and right. Bigfoots. You know, Jesus is walking around healing people, delivering people from demons. We're fine with that. And and we're and we're like, oh yeah, that's fine. Jesus walks on the water, he changes water into wine, he does all these miracles, and we're like, Yeah, but today I go to church once a week right. and that should be enough. Right. And often just, it gets thrown into the category of yeah, well, because he was Jesus. Because he was Jesus. He was Jesus, because I'm Jesus. <laughs> because I'm Jesus. <laughs> Look at all you sinners. <laughs> uh, we know. If you don't, it's okay. Yeah, and I, I don't know I don't know how we get to that place when our assertion is that the person we claim to be savior was killed, buried for three days, and resurrected. Yeah. And like you don't get much more extreme than that. Okay. Here's an example. In the Bible, Peter gets thrown in prison. Yes. Okay. And they believe he's going to be killed. Yeah. And uh they're meeting together in a house and they're praying for him. And an angel wakes Peter up, right. tells him to get dressed. The chains fall off of him. He walks out through the gates. And the word in the Greek for what the gates do is that it opens automatically yeah. ahead of him. Yep. Like the, the gates just open up yeah. and he walks out and he doesn't know where to go. And well, he first thinks time, he's having a vision. He thinks he's having a vision or a dream <laughs> yeah. of like, oh, the Lord's delivering me <laughs> until... The angel leaves him, and he's in the middle of the pavement, and he's like, I guess we should go to where we pray about these things. <laughs> so he goes, and he knocks on the door, and yep. the reaction, the girl opens the door, and she's like, hey, it's Peter. He's asking to come in, and she runs in and tells the group, leaving Peter at the door, and she tells the group, hey, Peter's at the door, and they're like, no, it's probably just his ghost, yeah. thinking that Peter Which had has been translated died. all too often, his angel his angel which is why everybody gets this ridiculous guardian angel idea that's not even anywhere in scripture that's where but, it comes from but in the in the early church or in the in, in that group of people at the time there there the reason it gets translated angel right. is there was the idea that your guardian angel looked like you right that it was like your doppel, doppelganger right right or that your spirit would look like you if it wasn't right. attached to you. 
Okay. So that's interesting that you did that at a prayer meeting and that was the prayer meeting's reaction. Right. Now, given all that, we don't understand the whole context of their culture and everything right. that was They were more it. surprised that Peter was actually at the door than if his ghost had been at the door. Here's another thing. <laughs> so when Jesus goes walking on the water, all the disciples are freaked out and they say what? It's a ghost. It was a ghost, right. Okay. And one of the only things that ghosts couldn't do in the in the Greek culture and in the and in the culture at the time, prevailing culture at the time, was that ghosts wouldn't walk on they wouldn't walk across water. Right. They didn't navigate water in that way. Right. So they were more willing to believe that a ghost was doing something that a ghost couldn't do than they were to believe that it was actually Jesus coming to them right. on the water. Right. And these are the 12 apostles right. in the middle of a lake, and right. this is what they thought. And, and uh, so well, and you that's even, a little bit odd. Well, and you can even get into that with, with Jesus after his resurrection. What's the thing he's constantly telling to do? Yeah. Like, touch me. Like, yeah, here, touch me. Put your hands on give me. Give me something to eat. Give me something to eat. Like I'm, I am alive. Like this is me. Yeah. So again, there's. And then he walks through the wall. Right. Right. <laughs> Just because. Yeah. <laughs> Vanishes in front of their eyes. <laughs> and and that's the thing is, we always take that from a modern perspective. Jesus was proving a point to the culture at the time. Right. And what they understood at the time. Now you can be dismissive and say, well, yeah, but we've grown beyond that and we understand. I'm not so sure we do, and I'm not so sure we have. I think we accept things that are easy for us to quantify and easy for us to wrap our minds around, and so we reject this idea that there's an actual supernatural world out there. We don't live like there is. You know, We talk about the demonic. We talk about all these things, but it's in a very separate-from-us way. But we only have, in our Christian way of talking about it and thinking about it, we have angels, which are just messengers. Yes. We have God. We have Jesus. We have angels. We have the Holy Spirit. And then you got the devil. The big devil. Who's just, you know, the evil counterpart of God. and Which is really close to heresy, if you think about really that word. really close to heresy. Like, <laughs> the way people talk about it yeah. is so close sometimes yes. that I'm not comfortable with it. No. Even the way I was saying it, I'm framing it as I like, hear you. So, yes, thank I you. I know you are. But... And then we have demons. Those are the only things that we have in the spiritual world. And so when you say, so what is it? Is it a demon? And it's like, well, no, it's not like a demon. Well, then is it an angel? Well, then what are you saying that it is? Those are the only two <laughs> buckets that you have. Right. And, and even Satan himself, he's not, he's not as high and mighty as people make no. him out to be. He's not omnipresent. He's, He's not a created finite being. He doesn't have unlimited knowledge. No. He has ancient knowledge. Yep. And he is an adversary right. of, of the Father. He's one of many adversaries in a vastly divided kingdom. Right. And <laughs> who was I listening to recently? And they're like, what where do we get off thinking that the whatever isn't the kingdom of heaven is somehow united? Yeah. Really well. Right. And they're super organized. And there's some kind of hierarchy. Right. And you get into that a little bit in C.S. Lewis where he's doing the screw tape letters. Right. It doesn't sound like a well-oiled machine. No, no. And I love that because I'm like, what rebellion on <laughs> earth has ever been a great cohesive unit yeah. that per that performs really, right. really well? People forget it, that's what killed the Confederacy. Is it that is. That they did not want to unite under a federal system. 
to fight fight for their independence. It's a kingdom that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Yep. This, these are the this is the banner that you're united and under. And it's an already condemned kingdom. Right. They know they have, they have already lost. lost. They know that. You get to Revelation, and the dragon seems to have a mortal wound. Yeah, it, it's it done. seems to have a more. It's it has a horn that looks like it has been wounded. Yeah, and that happened at the cross. Right, it, this thing was dealt its death blow. Yep. at the cross, it is already dead, but not yet. Yeah, this all is they're an doing already is already defeated kingdom. Yeah, but not not yet in they're the punting. way like they're punting. They're, they're trying that is what they're to trying play to play this thing out and so it's not it's it's not um it's not as simple as we've been told right as like these things are all clean cut and there's just angels and there's just demons yeah in fact there's many there's many different types of angels and you see it right. all through scripture the, the the seraphim and cherubim are two different things right and they have two different functions. Your cherubims are your throne guardians. And right. The seraphim are your serpent-looking, fiery angels that you don't want to mess with those things at yeah. all. You know, but that's why you find them in God's throne room. Anytime you find a ruler king, you expect the biggest, baddest <laughs> Whatever it may be around, around him. him, yeah. Holy, awesome, incredible, and don't mess with them yeah. type things. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. And that's what you see in yeah. the throne room. It's not, it's not odd to see those things, but... Um, and then angels are obviously messengers, but then you have archangels that are quite a bit different. There's all kinds of different levels or types. I would say more like types of these things. Yeah. But yeah, the, the whole guardian angel concept that's been around for a long, long time. Right. And it may even be more borrowed from pagan ideals right. than it was necessarily right. from Christian ideals. But. Right. But all that to say is when you broaden your horizons and you think more in terms of realizing what the Bible's actually talking about, realizing that there are spiritual entities outside of the very Western neat boxes that we have put everything in, all of a sudden a lot of this other stuff can come into a place of clarity and it allows you some wiggle room. Right. One of the, one of the ideas that's been in the back of my brain, and I'm, I'm not promoting this as an idea that I have, yeah. just to be clear, but uh, they were saying, so... When you have the story of the Nephilim in the Old Testament, where the the sons of God, which are basically just, um, they're they're in the very real sense deities, but not holy deities. Not they're just, the, they just not the occupy, most high. Yeah, they occupy spiritual space. Yeah, and there is no redemption for things that occupy spiritual space that rebel against God. So right, and it's not like there was one rebellion. There's been a series of rebellions, and you can see that right. in Scripture. Um, but it's clearly Satan when he rebels, he's expelled from heaven. Uh, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Right, that that kind of thing. But. Uh, the, the sons of God, they sin by seeing the daughter's man, and this is how the story goes. It's like they they wanted to unite with mankind through that way, mm -hmm. and it was unholy before God, and he chooses to wipe them out yeah. using the flood. And But um, that's, that's a story that's just a quick aside in Scripture, but there's been a lot added there. Right. And so some people were saying, why would we think that if these things united with mankind that they wouldn't unite with other things as well. Mm. 
and you see like the demons possessing the pigs yeah. later on in the New Testament, but who's to say that there wasn't other incursions with the animal world? And this is why we have stories left over yeah. of Bigfoot or vampires or like Dogman or Mothman or yeah. all these other things where they're like somewhat spirit, somewhat natural. Right. And it's just these cryptids are these uniting of spiritual things with physical things in a way that that's an interesting theory that uh creates these things and the way that we know there wasn't just one incursion then god wipes everything out with the flood is you get to the tower of babel the flood has already happened right babel is happening then the people are like we need to build this tower lest we are scattered throughout the earth you mean what you were told to exactly do? Exactly what you, you were, were commanded told to do. told to go and in fill Eden. the earth? Yeah. And they're like, we need to do anything but whatever God <laughs> wants us to do. You know, God wants us to go and fill the earth, and we're not going to do that. So we're going to build this tower, which is a ziggurat, which is something that goes on a temple complex. Yeah. And at the top of the ziggurat, the whole idea is I'm going to bring the God force, down. Force the deity and to come to me. This is where we're going to bring the God down. And in the pagan cultures, it was like, and give ourselves to them. Yeah whether that was sexually or unite with them in some way. And it was basically trying to recommit the sin of the whole Nephilim thing. But like those guys got power. They were the mighty warriors and they got wiped out. So there was this idea of like, let's do this thing again. And God is like, we are not having that. I promise there won't be a flood, but here's what you get instead. Yeah. And confuses our language and disperses everybody. And actually turns them over to uh, to the worship of other gods. And it's like, you don't want to worship Yahweh. You want to try and control me here. Divides the nations amongst, amongst other gods. And off you go. Worship yeah. your own other gods. I choose Abraham. This man is faithful to me. The very next chapter after Babel, very next verses, is God choosing Abraham, calling him out. And he's saying, he's my chosen people. And he's looking at the rest of the world to redeem them through Abraham. Yeah. And the mission of Israel, whether they accomplished it or not, was to bring people to Yahweh. There was always a way that you could place faith in Yahweh if you were from these other nations. Right. But the strongest uh, statement to the Israelites was like, you will worship the Lord your God right. and serve only him. You will not go worship these other gods. You will not... And, and actually... God wanted these other little G God deities to rule in a way that was benevolent and that yeah. kind of reflected his ideas for the world. And they just went completely astray, rebelled against him again. And, did what and they, they wanted. were like, and abused, oh, and abused the people who they were given the care people. of. And so yeah. that's a whole idea that's out there. And I'm like, okay, that ties some things together yeah. that are super weird and strange. Right. And you're like, why would why would we be touching on this? Why would we be talking about it? Why would we even go here? And it's because there are things around in the world that are not as clean and cookie cutter right. as what everyone talks to you about or teaches you. And if you walk into these things and you're like unprepared. Right. You're just like, what am I seeing? What am I looking at? What am I dealing with? I'm alone. I feel like a freak. I had this weird experience. I don't know who to tell. Everybody's going to think I'm completely right. bananas. Right. And here's what I will say. Not to, not to confuse 
scripture and theories and all no, of that. Because no, there's lots you. of theories about Revelation. There's lots of theories about the Nephilim. There's lots of theories about what God was doing right. and Babel and all of that. And you see David fighting giants later on. And the Bible is, is doing theology. It's not doing history and science Right. And things like that. It's, right. it's there to reveal God and who he is and what he's about. So some of this other stuff is said quietly because we shouldn't spend all our time right. on it. Right. Which is why this is not a yeah. Blurry Creatures podcast. Right. We shouldn't spend all of our time on it. We shouldn't obsess over it. We should realize who we are children of the king, right. that we have authority on this earth, and that we've been given authority by the one who now holds all, all authority yeah. in heaven and on earth, and everything has been given to him, and he is the final judge. And he is our father, he's our king, and that gives us peace to walk this earth and encounter whatever we encounter with the power of our of our father backing us up yeah. and, and going ahead of us and preparing the way. So I say all that to say this. One of the things that this has, that this whole exploration and the reason that I would listen to any of that or even bring this onto the podcast is that I'm, I'm interested in allowing people to come forward with uncomfortable things. Yeah. And say what really happened to you and how you felt about it and how you see it without feeling crazy and without feeling powerless. Right. And I think so many times when I'm listening to the stories of people talking about any of these cryptids or wild things that they don't understand whether that's angels or demons or any of that stuff, they feel so powerless and disconnected and like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to process it. I don't know who to go to. Right. And for me, I think as, as a church, we could say, come on in. Right. Let's talk about it. Let's hear, let's hear what you have to say. And I want to I wanna be with you yeah. Be with you as you work through this, as we talk about it, and as we equip you to deal with what yeah. you need to deal with. So was there a thought you had along the way? I'm just very intrigued that we actually got into all of that on here just now. Uh, Usually I'm much more careful, but yes. I warned everybody I, at the But jump. you know what? I, but I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm actually very glad. Um, and, and this is one of those things that I think that, and I agree with you. I don't think we should just be going whole hog like, yeah, all these things are true and all these things are real. Um, you know, I'm one of these people that when I look at something like big, and again, we've talked about this, I think, on the podcast before, but I have seen UFOs twice right. in my life. I did not have an alien encounter. I was not, like, taken out of my bed in the middle of the night and right. all those things. But I, I saw two times separately in my life separated by years where I saw an object flying that I don't know what it was I could not identify it hence a UFO an unidentified flying object so I'm one of those people yeah and for me it wasn't like I had all these it was revelatory and I thought oh this is changing it like I just saw it and I was like huh like that was kind of my reaction both times it's like well that was weird but it's something that I experienced and I think the same thing with something like Bigfoot like when I hear the supernatural tales, when I hear the abduction tales, I'm not one who is, has any skin in the game yet on uh, the idea of extraterrestrial life. I, I don't think it's out there. And if it is, it's, it's 
something that we wouldn't necessarily recognize. Yep. It's 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 in an environment that is foreign to us. We're never going to in any way be able to communicate or even maybe even understand each other as living things if we were to ever encounter one another. Yeah, it's, we've, it's, we've talked about yeah. uh, extraterrestrials a little bit earlier in our podcast, but just as a refresher, like I don't, I don't necessarily buy them. Right. I, I definitely don't buy the a moral, uh, a, something, something animalistic. I won't totally rule out being on another planet, but something with a morality that has right. like a human that would have a soul type thing. Right. That, that for me, I feel like is outside of the scope of what, I know to be true from scripture. Right. Not that it would ruin my faith if one of these things showed up. It would produce a lot, a lot of, of new questions. questions. Yeah, it would. Yeah. And I and I agree with that. But but I look at that and I'm thinking like we, there's two things that we have blended here. And I think there's a spiritual reality to some of these things whether that's alien encounter or uh, some of the more ethereal things that you hear about with Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Um and you can get into all these things, you know, the chupacabra stuff and all that stuff. There's all these different, you know, night terror kind of things that are out there. And I think that there's reasonable explanation possibly. I mean, the idea that we have some kind of bipedal ape that lives in the Americas that we just haven't discovered yet, that's not outside the realm of possibility. I mean, we're discovering new species all the time. And it is, it is hubris to assume that we know all there is to know. Yeah, the, about what's out in nature. And the bones in the giant mounds and things like that have yeah. not been well categorized. And there's some think of there's how some hard odd it is for articles us, about Think of how hard were. it is for us to find a person that has gone missing in a specific region. Right. How often do you just, people just, well, we just never found them. And you're not allowed to dig in the mounds anymore with scientific, right. with our new modern scientific ways of doing it. And when people were digging in the mounds, the things that they were saying they were finding was crazy yeah like they were claiming to find like giant human bones and right. things like that right and so i i do think there are probably some zoological explanations for for what people see as when they when they see sasquatch or yeti yeah. or whatever it may be but i also think there are spiritual things that they're experiencing and the only language they have the only window or lens that they have yep. for it are these experiences you know they don't have any kind of spiritual background. They don't have any kind of church background. Maybe they were maybe they're atheists. Maybe they're, you know, right. complete secular humanists. And yet they have this thing happen to them and they don't know what to do with it because yeah. it doesn't fit within the realm of reason. It doesn't fit within the parameters that we've set up as just, oh, we're just, you know, rational people. We don't believe in religion. We don't believe in a spiritual realm. So you go to aliens, you go to, you know, shape shifting Bigfoot style creatures. Like you go to these things because it's the only language if you're not willing to accept that there's a spiritual realm, it's right. the only language that you can have. Exactly. And so what we miss is that these are people, these people that are having these experiences, these people that wanted to talk about these experiences, they are seeking something that they just will not see. They refuse to go to, this is a spiritual experience that I had. But they still want answers. They still want to understand. They want to know what has happened to them. They want to know what they've experienced. And I think those are the ones that, as Christians, we can and should have answers for. Yeah. But instead, we just are dismissive, or we automatically just tell them, yeah, that's just demonic. Well, yes, possibly, but... And sometimes when you're having an experience like that, did I just see something that I can't explain? And if I saw something, that's different than being demonized. Right. Opening yourself up to a supernatural being. And right. Like, I want your power. Right. 
in some way to empower me to right. do a thing or accomplish something. Right. I just saw something that I can't put in a particular box. Right. That's not being demonized. And if you tell people, oh, it's just a demon. Right. Boy, that then that raises a whole lot of right. other questions. Well, and part of the problem, too, is is our entire idea of demonology is based purely on the exorcist. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, there is a difference between how the evangelical church looked at demonization pre-that movie coming out yeah. and then post- and all the supernatural weird things that people have taken on, you know, whether it's the Amityville Horror or the, you know, I forget what some of the re- the Conjuring, you know, some of these more recent, you know, demonic-inspired horror films. We have adapted to the folk theology of today, which is movies, right. delving into spiritual things, and we act like that's what we're opposing. And this is the kind of power, like, everything I see biblically, nobody who was ever demonized was surprised by it. Right. There was a willingness on the part of the participant to enter into some kind of relationship with this entity. So this idea that we've got to be afraid and we've got to be, oh my goodness, there's a demon under every rock. No. Like, Jesus took care of that. The cross took care of that. You know, to quote Teddy Roosevelt, we have the bigger stick by a lot. You know, it is done. It is finished. The only thing they have left is lying to us about the authority and power that they have. And that is why people still to this day will align themselves with these other spiritual yeah. entities because they're going to gain fame, they're going to gain wealth, they're going to gain power. And so they will say, yeah, this is great. I can live my life and I can do the things I want. So sure, I'll align myself with you. I'll give whatever allegiance it is to you. Like, people are not accidentally stumbling into demonic oppression possession. Right. They're not. They're just not. And and the the whole idea of going around devil stomping is also not something that no. I'm really all about. Because we should be living our kingdom-centered life, yeah. eyes on Jesus, following him wherever he takes us. Yeah. And if something opposes you as you're about your business, deal with it in the process of moving on. Right. Like, don't, don't allow it to distract you or become a giant pastime of, like, I need to see a demon over here and a demon right. over there, and I need to get rid of it and yeah. go and after that thing. And, and the way that people get when they go down that trail, they end up giving way more power to the kingdom of darkness than it ever had before because it's all based in fear. Yes. And it's like, I need it. Even, even if you're going after it as like some sort of religious crusader, right? Even if you're going after it, you still have to give that thing in a, a certain amount of power so that you are gaining victory over an actually powerful enemy. Right. This, this is a defeated team that is smaller than the kingdom of heaven by a long shot. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to run out the clock on you. Yeah. It's trying to distract you. This whole thing right. is trying to distract you. Using is, smoke and mirrors to yeah. try to extend their time. Which is one of the reasons I'm like, I don't know that we need to do a podcast on all of this, but it's been something that I've been thinking about. And I'm like, eh, let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's just go down this trail. Absolutely. Although it is a giant distraction to people that end up dedicating their life to this kind of stuff. Right. And and that's the thing. That's one of the things I appreciate about, you know, you know, Judy who 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 works with, you know, freedom ministry and things in our church is that it's not this idea of like, let's discover all the things. It's it's for her it's all about you need to understand how God loves you. You right. need to understand how God accepts it's it's about him. Let's it's experience about, God and, yes. and and look to him to lead us and guide us right. as we move forward. And people have believed lies that yeah. have led to them being oppressed. 
But they have come into agreement with those lies, and it's being hit with the truth of Jesus and saying, here is who he actually is, what he's actually paid for, what he's actually done, that then you can say, I don't have to believe this. I don't have to align with this anymore. I can move on. And that is it. Like you said, it's moving on. Right. It's being able to move on. And some of, there is a significant amount of trauma wrapped up in yes. supernatural experiences, how they've been explained to you, what what people have said to you after them yeah. that has re-traumatized you. And the church and Christians should be a healing place, yes. a place where you encounter a Savior that cares for you, that loves you, and has always been acting on your behalf. Yeah. And a lot of times when we go back and look at these things, we say, where was God in that moment? What was he doing? He walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. Right. He carries us. Right. He, he leads us into green pastures. He walks with us beside still waters. He restores our soul. Right, right in the middle of it, he's there with us. He's, yeah. he's a man of sorrows. He's acquainted with grief. He knows that human experience intimately. Right. And he's been with you. He's been for you. He's been calling you. He's been drawing you. And he wants to free you so that you experience that true freedom and empower you to walk it out right? so that you are not bound to these things anymore. And this, this is one of the things that I say in membership class that came up again today from a totally different source in front of our church, and, and I, I just wanted to hit it again. Either the blood of Christ is good for yep. everything or it's not. Yes. Right? Right. No thing is too big, too far, too deep, too long, too bad, too whatever. No. Either the blood of Christ is good for it all, or it's not. Either if it's good for all my sin, or it's not. Either it's good enough to free me from whatever is in my past, whatever I've encountered, whatever is oppressing me, whatever that fear tie is. Either it's good for all of that, or right. it's not. And our faith in Jesus Christ is that his blood is enough, period, full stop. There's nothing I need to add to it. Right. I just need to bring whatever it is under the blood and say, Hey, you've paid for this and I can't I can't carry this anymore. Right. right. I, I can't do this on my own. I have no bucket to put this in. I don't know what to do with it. Right. I need you to help me and walk with me. Right. And my understanding of, of what Jesus accomplished on the cross is far beyond now what it was when I came to Jesus at eight. And oh, yeah. far beyond now when I completely surrendered everything to him at nineteen. And it's not that he's any more powerful now than he was then. I just didn't realize what he had done. Yeah. Like I, have, I am continually realizing more and more the significance of the cross and the significance of the resurrection, let alone the significance of God incarnate in the flesh. I mean, all of these things are, are, even all these years later, you know, at almost 40, I'm still learning and I'm still discovering and it's not anything new. It's just things I haven't seen before. It's a, it's a, it's a facet. It's an angle that I haven't looked at before. And just realizing that, like, he already did it. Like, I, yes. I, can't, I, can't even, I can't even communicate the significance of those words. Like, he has already done it. Do you believe that it was enough? That's yeah. what we're coming back to for all of these things. And, uh, yeah, just some of the testimonies that we've been hearing lately of God just carrying people through unbelievable circumstances and when I think about that, I think about some of the lies that people have been told, like, God will never give you more than what you can handle. 
sometimes we're handed things in this world. Yeah. We cannot bear. Yeah. We cannot bear it. We're not, we're not cut out no. for this life. And there are some things that little kids have been handed that there's just trauma that's way beyond them. And they have been handed something by this world yeah. that they cannot, that they cannot carry. It right. is more than they can bear. Exactly. But we that's, know who can. We know who can. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And, and that, that to me is the biggest testimony. And so when I'm looking at all, all the scripted stuff, what do I think about Bigfoot uh, and, and all of this stuff? I'm like, I, I think one, I think it's a distraction for people. Yeah. I think it does deter people from living productive, free yeah. lives, pursuing the, the, what they were designed to do. Worship God, make him known, proclaim him to the end of the earth. And to glorify him, right? Like, you're 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 missing out, yeah, on some of that. Um, I do think it's a distraction. I do think there's, like the kids that were talking to me, there's a lot of fear, yeah. wrapped around all these things. And even if it's just like a fun haha kind of obsession, right? If you ran into one of these things, you're telling me that there's not some level of fear. <laughs> and so the kingdom that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. I'd rather call him a fiefdom. I don't like calling him the kingdom of anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it. It thrives on fear. Yeah. And that whole the whole thing it's just about sowing chaos and running right. out the clock and right. and creating fear in people right. and because again they don't have any authority or power or anything right. anymore. Cross Satan took care of that. Satan prowls around like a roaring lion. Not He's that he not is a roaring lion. Yeah. He's an imposter. I remember. I remember hearing a lady, there was a lady that used to be a part of our prayer team years ago. I haven't seen her, and man, it's been a long time. But one of her favorite prayers to pray was, you know, you may be roaring around like a lion, but you have no teeth. Like, <laughs> your teeth, you're gone. You're just gums and nothing. Like, she would just get really... And at the time, I didn't understand that. Right. But now I do. And right. she was right. Like, it is a... It's, it's, it's a thing that can't do anything. It can't actually... Like, what's it going to do? Kill you? Like what's what's the spiritual realm gonna do? Kill you? So what? Like well, yeah, it's like Paul is, says, like I, I get to be with Christ. If to you, live if as I, Christ and yeah. to die as gain. And what's interesting is if you're a Christian and you've been baptized, like we were talking about, you're already dead. Yeah, you already died once. You don't die twice. Nope. This the death is just a passage from uh, eternal life now to eternal life there. Yeah, and that's also why I don't believe in ghosts right <laughs> like we were talking about earlier it's right. like to be absent from the bodies to be present right. with god when you when you exit the physical realm you enter the spiritual realm right now as physical beings that's why some of these supernatural things freak us out because we don't occupy spiritual space yes. which i get squirrely about the ghost thing only because it depends to me there's so many theories about what happens immediately after you die. Oh yeah, we even talked within about the this church, with we Ross. talked about this with. If Ross. you want to go back, find that one. It's and so there is a there is an aspect where I look at death, ghosts, and resurrection. I think is our yeah, podcast where I where us. I look at like what happened with uh, with Samuel, right? You know, and this gets into the whole Elohim thing, which I'll mostly leave alone at this point. Well, the short the short version is Elohim is a plural form. Which just basically means spirit of being. the spirit realm, yeah, a being the, of the spirit realm. They occupy spiritual space. Yeah. It's, it's not, not a name for God, space. right? It is a it, it is, is a, a name for God, a name for God, but, but it when is not it, specific to Him. It's same as using well, kind of the same as using the word God 
his would be a capital G if it's talking singular about him. But right. There's other right. beings that occupy a spiritual right. space. And so this idea that he came back yeah. from someplace right. at that time. Now, this is pre-cross. There's, there's all kinds of other things that you can get into with that. But there's this part of me where I go like, okay, if you believe in, in soul sleep, if you believe in the idea that there's still a, a conscious place of the dead that is not quite heaven, that it's not until the resurrection that all this stuff actually happens and we're all, you know, in that thing. Sheol. Then, then, yeah, yeah. yeah, Sheol or, or Hades or whatever you want to yeah. call it. There is room then for these beings to have some kind of interactive relationship with the world. Right. Not necessarily of their own will, but to some degree. So again, depending on what your theology of, of the immediate afterlife is, every Christian can agree that at the resurrection, a thing happens. Right. And we are part of the kingdom. We're established with Christ. Everybody agrees on that. We'll be caught up and meet him in the it's air. From, it's the between that, that people have debates on. So yeah. there is a part of me where I go, and I'm one of those that I, I believe that the spiritual realm, that time works differently there. I would agree. Yes. And so, especially with God. Yes, absolutely. Especially with God. He stands outside of time. He speaks into time. That's why he doesn't change yesterday, today, and forever. He's still saying the things that he said before because right. he speaks outside of time. Time is a created thing to him. It sits over there. He speaks. It shows up in different points of time. So the thing that God said over you now is the same thing he's always been saying from the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. It's just showing up to you right now. He <laughs> said it when you were four. He says it when you're 83. It doesn't matter. He right. said it before you were created. Right. He, he's outside of time. So when I'm absent from the body and I'm present with the Lord, I'm in a place that doesn't occupy like uh, Dr. Heiser would say, latitude, longitude. Right. There's no latitude and longitude to spiritual space. Right. We can't point to it on a map. And, and say, here it is. And we, we only have latitude, longitude, and time, space right. terms when we're talking about these things. Very so finite me, places. Yes. You exit the terrestrial ball, the mortal realm. You head <laughs> mortal to... Mortal coil. Yeah, what a, yeah, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> you leave that thing and you head into a space that is not that. Right. And so... I think you're outside of time. Yeah. You, you you exit the time. To be loop, fair, this is what I is. this is what I tend to believe as well. And so, like, you're out of time, and so now you're present with God, and you see the whole timeline playing out in right. front of you. You can't necessarily interact with it, but you occupy spiritual space now. Yeah. Like there's a there's and that's why Satan is defeated. Yes. But to us. It's, it's an already, but not yet. Yes, the cross was effective even for that. Yes. And, and had the gods, little g gods of this world, known what, the, what would happen at the cross, they wouldn't have killed wouldn't him. Wouldn't have That's killed in Jesus your Bible. to begin with. Yes, your Bible yes. says that if they would have known what was happening, they wouldn't have killed him because they <laughs> killed themselves. Yes. They, they defeated themselves. The whole thing was done right there. It was all over. Yes. And they just didn't see it coming. Yes. Which is why Jesus was half cryptic half the time when he's talking. Right. Because he didn't, he didn't lay the breadcrumbs very well. Right. So that people, his goal was to come and die. Yeah. All that to say, okay, that's why I don't totally buy the ghost thing. Right. I do get how Samuel could be brought back, but he's quite confused. Right. And well, why am I here? Exactly. <laughs> and the witch of Endor, she freaks out, not because it works. She's used to encountering right. the dead because that's what she does. But because something about the way Samuel shows up tells her that this is Saul. Yeah. And Saul is out killing witches mm -hmm. or people that did what she right. did. 
And she's scared because of Saul, not right. because of Samuel. And the whole thing is interesting. Here's, here's what I wanted to say when that came up. When we're talking about dabbling with the spiritual things, I said, yes, they can be a giant distraction. The other thing is when you're like following the whole Joe Rogan train about taking DMT and yeah. all this other stuff to commune with this great spiritual being, you should know that people that take hallucinogenic drugs and things like that to encounter the spiritual realm, some of them have great encounters and they think everything is just lovely and yeah. wonderful. And that is a lot of the experience. And some are terrified. Yep. It's the same somewhat with near death experiences where the people that have gone, quote unquote, gone to heaven can't stop talking about it. They'll write books and movies and they'll just talk right. to anybody that will listen. The people that have gone the other way and had a terrifying near death experience will not talk to anyone they're terrified out of their minds. Yeah. They will not share this with people. Right. And often it doesn't totally change what they're doing with their life anyway, right. but they're just mortified. Mm -hmm. You need to know that when you, that we are in the natural realm and we have the Holy Spirit with us. This is not any random spirit. This is a spirit that is holy and he is God himself. He's right. here with us to help us navigate spiritual things. Right. Encountering spiritual space without having the Holy Spirit within you, leading you and 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 that and 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 God himself being the one that you're connecting with and yeah. that's who we seek. We seek G we seek Jesus we seek God the Father through Jesus, that, that kind of thing. It's for God to initiate. It's it's all on his terms. Yeah. It's on his terms. It's on his turf. It's his way. It's the way he's laid it out. And right. that's exactly what he's doing in the Old Testament when he's saying, this is holy space. This is unholy space. Don't deal with unclean things. And it wasn't that people that were sinful couldn't come and encounter God. It was that you can't bring unholy things into holy space. Right. And God wanted to dwell with his people. Well, now he dwells within his church and within within the hearts of every believer. So we are the temple of yeah. God. And when you take these drugs and you do different things to stick your head up into spiritual space, it's like sticking your head into the ocean. Yeah. Right? A, you do a not belong world, there where you don't belong yeah. and you may encounter some beautiful, you know, starfish or crabs or whatever. You may get stung a little bit by a jellyfish or it could be a shark. Yeah. You don't know what you, where you're popping up and you don't belong there. And a right. lot of times that's the overwhelming feeling that people have when they have these spiritual experiences, they will say, I felt like I didn't belong there. Yeah. It was a place that seemed like anybody that I encountered was kind of confused why I was there yeah. or anybody or anything or right. whatever it was. And that's when we're talking about all of that stuff that shows up in our natural realm that could be a spiritual realm thing. Right. It seems unnatural to, to us and we don't know where to put it. It's the same thing if you go into a spiritual experience without doing it on God's terms yeah. and doing it his way, you don't belong there. Right. It's, it's not for you yet. Right. You know, yes, we have spiritual experiences here on earth right. as God encounters us. Which is why very specifically these things are called out in Scripture. Right. You know, God You're is not, not going to tell us not to do a thing that we're not able to do. Oh, yeah. Like, don't contact the dead. Right. It seems weird. Now all I want to do is cut them. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm just but kidding. I, but I think that's one of the things too. Is is God? God and, doesn't say. And you unfortunately, know, don't don't flap your wings. You might fly away. Right. Because I can't do that. Right. But if if I wanted to dabble and contact my dead ancestors, God says, no, 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 you don't do that. That's right. not how we go about and, it. And one of the things that's interesting, too, is throughout Scripture, you see these encounters that people have, whether it's, whether it's Moses or whether it's you know, all the way back to Abraham or whatever. God initiates all of it. He yep. initiates all of it. Yep. And this idea that even within the church, and we do this in the church, that we have these formulaic things that, well, if you do this or if you... As I like to say, if you hold your mouth right, or if you speak in tongues this certain way, or you do this or that or the other, God's going to do these things. You know, if you fast for X amount of days, eventually you're oh, going to yeah. have this. You're going to have, or if you spend this t- amount of time in Scripture, like, no, we are not the gatekeepers of that. Even as children of God, as followers of Christ, we are subject to Him. Yeah, He is King. We are not. We are subject to what He wants to do. Our job is: I'm open. What do you want? Where are you taking me? What are we doing? And we are, we are invited to come and join with him. Like the throne room, the Holy of Holies is open to us. We're invited yeah. to approach the throne boldly Yeah. As, as children of God. Yes. But we don't do so lightly. No. And we don't do so on our own terms. And no. we don't do so with a vending machine style idea of Mm-mm. God. Like input A gives me output C. Like no. that's not... That's scary. Yeah, I can't imagine thinking that way about God. <laughs> no, be not no. not good. He becomes not God. Yeah, it's like that, that guy realm. that tried to buy the gift of the yeah. Holy Spirit. He's like, I'm yeah. used to being able to pay for anything. Which again, he was a believer. Yeah, everybody misses that. They want to be like, oh, he was just no, he's no, he was a believer. Yeah, his family had been sorcerers. Yeah, so he called believed Simon the sorcerer. He believed he was baptized. Like they, they're very specific. This was a believer that thought, oh, I can manipulate this God too, like I've done with all the other spiritual entities. Can I do that? Like, it was sincere, because his immediate response on the rebuke is, pray for me, please. Like, yes. like help help me. Help me get beyond this, because I don't, I don't want to, you know, live in this curse that you've just spoken. Right. Like, help me, help me get past it. Like, he was repentant immediately. But clear lines had to be drawn. Yes. You will not pay. No. For this is not that God. That yeah. is not a thing. But again, coming back around, that we've gotten into a big rabbit trail here, but I'm all about it. I'm here I love for it. it. I feel I'm like this is it. where it had to go. I if agree. We we're going to start off with Bigfoot. But what I come down to with this, with these other supernatural experiences, and that's what I will call them. Whether that's, you yeah. know, whether that's seeing ghosts, whether that's the supernatural experiences of of something like a Bigfoot or a or an alien encounter. In the church, this should be one of the safest places for somebody to come and say, "Hey, I've had this encounter. What is this?" Yeah. And we're the last place that people will come to because we get we just get dismissive. We just like, oh, you know, no, you're just crazy, or oh no, you're just, you know, you're demonized or you're whatever. It's like, no, like this is a person that has probably had an encounter that they weren't necessarily seeking with the spiritual realm. And it was not God. Yeah. And they need a place where they can come that is safe for them, that they can express this and be taken seriously. I don't mean to say that, oh, yeah, we believe that exactly as you're describing it, exact, but it's, it's that coming along like, okay, I understand what you think you've seen. I understand what you've experienced. Let's try to put it into some actual terms here. And it always starts with there is a spiritual realm. Yeah. There is. We, we can acknowledge that. And, and I think all too often, especially in the American church, we're just not willing to, we're not willing to do that anymore, by and, and large. And there's a spiritual realm that we have... We have uh, 
limited awareness of what all goes on there. Yeah, like, but it I'm does not, coexist with I us. I said some stuff about angels. I, I actually, I'm not that well educated no. on angels because I've never really, you know, I've never really seen, seen one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Interacted, experienced, whatever. Right. I, stuff that I can't explain, but yeah. I, I never like seen, seen one or understand totally any, like a whole lot about them right. because it's not my realm. Like I don't, I don't understand it any more than what I've read. Right. In scriptures. Right. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, I get the picture that this is a lot bigger than what it is. Right. And I will go back and just say like the whole Nephilim thing, flood, Babel, all of that. If I was teaching through that. Yeah. I put forward a theory before, and that's that's one theory that is out there. It's not one that I totally ascribe to, but what I would say if I was teaching through it, the important thing here is God. And again, yeah. approaching him on his terms. It is a it seems like a bad thing to go and worship other gods. Yeah. It, especially if you feel like you're gonna gain some sort of power or favor or other things from these spiritual entities. We should not worship them, should not worship anything but God. And the sin of Babel was trying to pull God down and to encounter God on our own terms and not disperse the earth and fill it. Right. So God does his thing and, and says, no, off you go. You're going to fill the earth. You're going to do the thing I said in the first place. And regardless of all the other things that people push into that story, yeah. the important thing that the Bible is talking about and that I would talk about if I was teaching through this is where is God what is he doing? What is what is he calling about? Why does he choose Abraham? Right. Clearly, we want our story to be like Abraham's. Yeah. He was faithful to God. He was seeking Yahweh in the middle of this chaotic yeah. scenario. And his dad had started on a journey to Canaan, stopped. Right. And Abraham's his son. And his dad's, you know, sitting there in her. And God's like, I want you to go on that journey yeah. to Canaan. And he's like, right, off I go. Yeah. And that's the kind of faithfulness that I think all of these stories are talking about. In Noah, you can look at what were all the other crazy people doing during Noah? Why was God flooding the earth? Let's look at, I want to be Noah. Yeah. I want to do that. Right. Let's do that thing. And I, I, I think we can get really, really distracted yeah. by all those things. But the reason I brought all that up was to tell you that your Bible says things out loud <laughs> that if that you need to as a christian say you know what there's some things i don't know yes there's some things i don't understand this is not as clean as sunday school right. led me to believe right but hey we're grown let's allow for god to be a bit bigger yeah for our understanding of the spiritual realm to be a little bit bigger yeah than what it was. Which shrinks the idea of the dark powers. It does. Which is funny, because I think most people are afraid of it because they think, oh, right. I'm going to see the spiritual realm and it's going to be so much darker and so much bigger. No. It's going it to require it. me to be devil-stomping weirdo no, of some kind. It shrinks it, man. It shrinks right. it. When you really understand this stuff... Yeah. And there's a lot of it that's just plain view and reading if you go through the Bible. Some of it you got to delve into the weeds a little bit to get there. I'll grant that. But a lot of it's just right there. Right. So, anyway, <laughs> this has been very entertaining. I, I felt like this this needed to happen. No, at some I'm point. all about it. I am all about because, it because and and this just to let you guys in <laughs> because we publish something like that, like this, 
I want you guys to consider it as a gift because this is what me and Nate, this is a, <laughs> not the, not that we talk about this stuff. No. We talk about all kinds of all other kinds random of stuff off of air, but this is one of the conversations that we've had on an ongoing on and off every now and again type way. And yeah. I'm like, okay, let's give you guys a window into <laughs> the minds of Nate and Sheldon. <laughs> Because it is our show. It is our show. All right. So your job right now is to stop what you're doing and give us a rating on this show. Yes. Uh, if you've had any of these weird encounters, we want to know about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and message us. Um, if you're on Instagram, uh, that's at TTWS Podcast. If you're on Twitter, it's at TTWS Podcast. If you're on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash the things we say podcast. Um yeah, email is uh, the things we say at mail.com. Yes. And just so you know, the way that Instagram has kind of worked, I'm terrible at Instagram. I'm not good at it. I do not do it well. If you see a post, generally, it will be from Sheldon. Yeah. If you're getting interaction on Instagram, it's me. <laughs> that's that's where that's the realm I understand. I know how to DM and go back and forth with people. Yes. So just so you know. The DMs and comments and likes are all Nate. Yes. I do the posts and the stories, and I still haven't been able to figure out how stories work. That's okay. I've tried so many times. Some people make these cool videos. I know. I haven't figured it out. I don't understand. It might be a TikTok thing. I'm so old. (laughs) I won't do TikTok. That's where my old man syndrome kicks in. Touch it, and I'm just like, I know my phone is listening to me, but I won't (laughs) have an Alexa, and I won't get on TikTok. (laughs) And on that note. We take our bow and the curtain closes. We'll see you guys not next week because we're out of town yeah. going to our general assembly for the Church of the Nazarene, and I'm so excited about it. That'll be great. And we will probably do a follow-up podcast about general assembly the week we get back. There we go. So you will miss a week here. There'll be a little gap, but we'll be back very soon. Don't worry. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you later. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.